and we are live with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson. And Andrew, the first round of the NBA playoffs has just finally been reached after the last Game 7 was played today, as of this recording. We are now moving on to the second round of the NBA playoffs. It has been a wild postseason so far, a couple of upsets, some teams having to struggle to get into the second round of the postseason, but here we are now, looking to see who gets one step closer to winning an NBA championship. Yeah, the first round was filled with many surprises, uh, lots of things I didn't see happening, but overall, it's great to see uh, playoff basketball back once again. Yeah, I mean, especially ever you know since obviously the COVID years we had the bubble. It's finally good to see the you know fans finally back into the mm-hmm. arena again. Yeah. This big time aspect, and it's really and you know from our experience, we have seen it go into some of the you know the next playoff games, and it's been a really fun time going to those games and feeling the electricity of that arena. Finally celebrating next basketball, you can say the same thing for the Sacramento Kings. They finally get a playoff atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You know, atmosphere, I should say. Sorry, I thought it's a little bit uh, not good since our game, the game we went to today. Um, but yeah, it's a it's been a great postseason, nonetheless, for all these teams. And I spoke about the Knicks. Let's get into their first round matchup with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, absolutely. So you might have picked the wrong choice of starting with the Knicks because I'm going to warn people this: if you don't want to hear about the Knicks, uh, maybe skip ten minutes in advance. Hopefully, not that long. <laughs> I'm going to try to limit myself, but yeah. Beginning of the season, Knicks uh, pegged to maybe win 37, 38 games. I had I'll, I'll get in myself my my predictions uh, or at the beginning of the season earlier on. 37, 38 wins. You're going to miss the play in. Maybe you get the ten seed. And I had said, listen, this team won 37 last year with Alec Burks as point guard. We're going to add an actual point guard for the first time in probably 10 years since Raymond Felton uh, for one, that we had for one season. So I figured, okay, the Knicks should win at least 42 games. I think I thought Jalen Brunson was worth five wins. Yeah, I, I, that's I, I thought that was a fair analysis. I said, okay, maybe the Knicks get the six seed. But no, they end up getting the five seed, playing the Cleveland Cavaliers, end up stealing one on the road, and then the second road, Adam Silver decided, okay, uh, we need to extend the steers a little bit more, so the Cavs were pretty much allowed to murder you in the paint, and they were fine. Games three and four go back to the garden. That's where the magic happens. Yep. Uh, I have been to many basketball games inside Madison Square Garden. I have seen uh, countless Knicks games. I've seen countless college basketball games in the garden. And when I say that, it's probably the most electric atmosphere I've ever been in that uh, been in the garden for. Uh, it definitely takes the cake. That game four against Cleveland when uh, the Knicks were up 2-1 was incredible. I, I, I would love to have been there for game three to see a tide going into the garden. I'm sure it was great. Uh, but the Knicks end up taking it in five. Donovan Mitchell didn't look like the uh, the superstar he is. And if you're going to consider Donovan Mitchell to be a superstar, well, Jalen Brunson just out, outplayed him. So if you're going to consider Mitchell to be a superstar, you got to consider uh, Brunson to be a superstar at this point. Yeah, Bronson played like a superstar in this series. He was a really big key factor into the Knicks winning the whole series. But, you know, after the first two games, it looked like the Knicks were a little bit in trouble due to the fact that after Brunson, they weren't really getting a lot of offensive production. And in that game three, you saw R.J. Barrett take a huge step for this team, was really big in the next two games against MSG, and was a big reason why the Knicks were able to win this series in five games. And they get a big-time... Momentum boost, you know, overall, despite the fact that Julius Randle was injured, 
They had to go through that, and they were able to win this series, and they did it pretty, you know, I would say in convincing fashion. I mean, Mitchell Robinson was huge. 18 rebounds in that Game 5 win. Uh, he was just unbelievable for New York throughout the entire series. Really, you know, outplayed Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, two of the better bigs on that Cavalier. It's just not even, not even uh, Cleveland City, just in general. And he just was dominant on both sides of the floor. I mean, you, he's not really known for playing offense, but he was big off the glass, getting some big second-chance points for New York. And he's probably, if not the biggest reason why New York won that series. Oh, absolutely. So I would like to go more into this series is very important for one reason, one reason only. Donovan Mitchell was the guy that everyone wanted to, wanted in New York. Or a lot of us wanted. I never wanted him. Right. Uh, they wanted to give it the farm. You stood quickly. on that hill. Yeah, yeah. I, I stood on it. Uh, and it I, I got clowned on. I remember who who really cares if Donovan Mitchell can score 71 points in January when he doesn't do anything in April. Right. That's where I'm at. Uh, they wanted to give up R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, uh, Obi Toppin, Quentin Grimes, multiple first-round picks, or a combination of all those assets. But the, at the end of the day, the, made trade, uh, the trade was going to be centered around R.J. Barrett. And R.J. Barrett outplayed Donovan Mitchell this series. I, I don't care what anyone says. Yes, Donovan Mitchell had that one really good game where he scored 40 points. Outside of that, he didn't do anything. Would you, Nick, you know what's crazy about this? You know who the more efficient scorer was this, this series? It was R.J. Barrett. Yeah. I was say, Barrett, it was, Barrett, I, it's funny because Barrett, with the first two games of that series, was really bad. He, I know. He, he, he did nothing he was, in those first two games. Here's the thing. He was horrendous from the field, shooting-wise, that first game. But he was the best defender. He was the best passer. And he was yep. one of the better rebounders that game. So when he couldn't even score that game, he still gave us something. Right. Donovan Mitchell didn't give you anything. And this was the series that you had to prove if you're R.J. Barrett. You need to step up. He stepped up. And I, I, the Knicks wouldn't win, win, win that series without him. I mean, another big factor was Josh Hart. I mean, he's he was great defensively for the Knicks in that series as well. As, you know, he was scoring also, too. He had a big 19 oh, points in that Game 4 win that we were at. It, it, he really brings another vibe to this team that they didn't really have before he got there. Good vibes only. And obviously today, as of this recording, obviously game, the things didn't go their way. There's still six more games to go in that series. If that would have been played. Forever. Yeah. So there's still a long way to go in that series. We'll see what, how that plays off with the team that we'll get into in a little bit. But overall, the Knicks win this series against Cleveland. The first time they won a playoff series and are moving into the second round since 2013. So it's been a full decade, but the Knicks are back into the second round. The vibes, as you said, Johnson, are really good right now for this Knicks team. A lot of people believe they could make a sneaky run if things were to go the way. So we'll have to see what happens. Absolutely. And let's go into their, spoiler alert, their opponent for the next round, the Miami Heat. Yep. The Miami Heat upset the Milwaukee Bucks. Started with Giannis getting injured. Earlier in the, uh, the first series, of the series. Well, he was he played a game one that got hurt. Yeah, yeah, uh, I mean. really unfortunate. Uh, Giannis is a warrior for coming back because that's an injury that would have kept a lot of players out uh, two right. to three weeks. So, really big props to him to actually stepping up. But uh, the Bucks had no answer for Jimmy Butler. That's what it boiled down to. I know that pains you to say that. I mean, listen. Um, we'll allude this later. I'll talk about Jimmy Butler later, but um. 
Yeah, but Bucks had no answer. Drew Holiday, nothing. Gian- Giannis, he was injured, so I'll kind of give him a pass. Uh, none of the perimeter def- defenders couldn't do anything for uh, Milwaukee. Um, I- I'm thinking maybe, uh, just maybe, if uh, Pat Connington was still there. Uh, I mean, he's st- he's still there, but maybe he could have played a little bit better. Um, I I don't know. There's just so much, so I, much that went wrong. I think it was a mix of you know they had a couple games in that series where they had double digit leads and they just apt they just collapsed down the stretch of those games, and you would have thought that that he would really have a chance. I remember they lost Tyler Hero in this series, and he's most likely going to be out for the rest of the postseason. But if not for Jimmy Butler, I don't know how far this Heat team goes. You saw in that Game 5 decisive win, he had that tip-in at the buzzer to send the game into overtime, and he would ultimately help the Heat win in that overtime to move on to the second round to take on the New York Knicks. And it's just really a big testament that he is, you know, a dog, and he's just a, he's been really good for this team and is a big reason why they're at the stage at this point. Remember, when we made our predictions, I set the Heat – if they were to win their playing game, would be the seventh seed. I said they could have given Boston a lot of trouble if, if they were the seventh seed, and that would have went to seven games. Because this Heat team on paper is not bad. Just a lot of things didn't go their way offensively for them this season. But you look at what they did in this postseason, in this first round, they had one of the best offensive performances out of any team. I think they had the best, second-best offensive uh, shooting percentage out of all the playoff teams in the first round. And it's really come down to they live and die for the three-point ball. If they start shooting threes they and they make them, it's really tough to beat them. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. We saw that live today, but we'll go on that later yep. uh, in the show. But massive, upstate, uh, massive upset, and you got to give the Heat credit for taking advantage of a injured, uh, so, an injured play Bucks team. Play what's in front of you. Yeah, at the end of the day, you have to you play your schedule, and this is yep. your schedule. Uh, it's unfortunate that Giannis got hurt. I feel like if he didn't get hurt, we could have had a competitive series. Um, wasn't the case. You had Brooke Lopez played a great series. You have Chris Milton really, really stepped up. He had a phenomenal series. Uh, Giannis was hurt, and I, I don't want to put the blame on him because he was playing hurt, but there wasn't. I, I think Chris Milton was the best uh, player that. Milwaukee had this series, and uh, if Chris Middleton's your best player, you're not going too far. Yeah, I mean, the Heat's the, it's funny because the Bucks' best game was that game two, which they didn't have Giannis, and they shot the lights out in that game. Um, and then they got Giannis back, and unfortunately, it just didn't work out for them. Giannis missed a lot of free throws in that game five loss, too. And at the end of the day, Milwaukee will have to see what they do in the offseason if they want to get back to competing for another NBA championship. But Let's go on into the next series that we have, and we're going to go now into the Western Conference where we had another upset, just like kind of the Miami Heat. The Los Angeles Lakers, maybe not an upset because a couple of us did see the Lakers winning this series overall. We all took the Lakers. We, we did we all, all take the Lakers, them, yeah. and I don't think there was a bit, you know, I think we were kind of justified in doing that. The Lakers being the two-seeded Memphis Grizzlies in six games, and in game six, they did it decisively, beating them by 40 points. The Lakers moving on to the second round of the playoffs. I've said it for a while. Ever since the trade deadline, the Lakers have looked like a really good team. They've made a lot of good moves at that deadline to get some key role players. And it's really paying off in this postseason. 
Yeah, so what I'll say here is that I'm not really a big fan of the Lakers, as you know, but Obviously. what I said earlier in the season, I'm sorry, earlier in the podcast, um, whenever we record the previous one, but I didn't yep. like the Grizzlies because, one, they're lacking Stephen Adams, and two, uh, yep. the chemistry issues off the court. There's just a lot of, yeah, there's there was just so a lot much, of... So much extra noise that didn't have to be there. You had Grizzly players going through metal detectors to go to their locker room. There's just a lot of egos on that team. I was going to say, you, you would have thought that, you know, Steven Jackson would have called, or Gilbert Arenas would have called, and that's who, you know, was going through those <laughs> locker, in, in those locker rooms at this point, but... You, God, you know you, you know it's bad when Hicks and I exactly got the amount of games the Lakers will win this series, too. That is something, because that is a rare feat. Yeah, no, we overall did pretty decent. We all got at least two of them. Right. Um, Picking who, like, you know, if it was, like, in this case, it was Lakers in six. I had Lakers in seven. You guys had Lakers in six. Um, yeah. We all had these kind of games, or these, these series, when we called them. Uh, but, yeah, it's impressive that the both of you <laughs> called Lakers in six. Don't know um, how that happened. That You'll never see us get a correct pick like that. It, it's rare. Very, very rare. Uh, but, yeah, the Lakers will face the, uh, well, I don't want to spoil it, but I guess we'll go into yep. it now. Yeah, we'll go into it now. It's a, a game, a series that just ended today as of the recording that we're doing right now. It was Game 7 today between the Golden State Warriors and the Sacramento Kings. And it, it was tough for the Warriors. I mean, they are one of the worst road teams in the NBA at the end of the regular season. I think they won nine games total of the entire regular season. So, yeah, they obviously you have to win at least one or two games. Or actually, you, should, you have to win two games in, in a sense because they did lose one on the road to get to move on to the second round. And that's exactly what Golden State did today. Steph Curry put up 51 points, solidifying himself as one of the best players of all time. The Warriors move on to the second round. They will take on the Los Angeles Lakers in what should be a very interesting series, a series I know Andrew is not looking forward to, to say the least. But the Warriors win in seven. But at the end of the day for Sacramento, listen, nothing to be frowned upon. Not a lot of people thought they would be here, especially be the number three seed in the Western Conference. There's got to be a bright spot at the end of the day for this team, and they could definitely get back to the postseason if things go their way. Uh, so what I had said in the beginning of the year was, and anyone on the pod can say, I thought the Kings were going to make the playoffs. I didn't know where they would be in the playoffs, but I thought they were going to make the playoffs. I figured play in, if, if anything. Yeah, I, I figured the Kings kind of made some additions. I didn't know they'd be in the, even the play in the playoffs, but they were one of my teams, 10 teams I picked to make the, uh, make the play-in slash playoffs. So... Great season for Sacramento. It sucks the way it ended. Um, can I say you'll be back here again? I don't know because nothing's ever guaranteed going back to the playoffs. Uh, you hope you come back. But as a Knicks fan, you can sympathize with the Kings of the struggles they had the last 20 years. Um, there's not really too much difference. Only The only things that really have difference are the playoff uh, appearances and victories over the last 20 years. But it's not many between us and the Kings. Uh, very few more, which kind of keeps us uh, not as the complete laughing stock, stock of the NBA. So I really feel for Kings fans. They're yeah. loyal to their team. They're loyal to the city. They packed out the house every single night. Uh, but you, there's nothing you could do. Kevin Looney was a monster. He was a problem this series. Yeah, he, he was, was looking like Dennis Rodman out there with the offensive rebounding. The same reason why the Knicks ended up beating the, uh, the Hawks because of the offensive rebounding. And... I remember when they first drafted Kevon Looney. That was probably seven or eight years ago at this point. 
And I was like, okay, he'll hang out for a couple of years because that that's what really was going on. You, they drafted guys like Jordan Bell and these other late uh, first-round picks, these big men, and they just really wouldn't pan out. But Kevin Looney, he's been there this entire time, and now it's finally paying dividends. So even though as this team has aged out, so you have Steph and Clay and Draymond all aging out, you're adding in some younger guys like Andrew Wiggins to kind of take the load. You're adding a great role player now, Kevin Looney. So the draft stock is finally paying dividends all this all these years later. And it's funny you bring up Kevin Looney. Look at the series he had against this this Kings team. I, I'm going to bring up a couple uh, a, a big couple numbers for him. So after the first two games, he did not have double digit rebounds after games one and game two. How about the rest of this series? Game three, 20 rebounds. Game four, 14. Game five, 22. Game six, 13. And then ultimately today, game seven, 21 rebounds. He had three games in this series with 20-plus rebounds. He was huge for Golden State. Oh, absolutely. And this is probably the – here's the thing. Babe, so he's been a part of his team since 2015, right? I believe so, yes. But on that 2016-2017 run, he didn't play in the playoffs, right? The 2017 yeah, like, Spates playing? They did. They yeah, had guys like Mo ugh. Spates playing. Ugh. And Jordan Bell. Yeah. Uh, 2018, plays a little bit. He's a bench guy. 2019, still bench guy, a little bit better. Last year, hey, he's starting to start a little bit. And now he's actually rebounding at a high rate. That's great. Yeah. This year, he kind of came off. I mean, he passes the ball pretty well for a big man. He rebounds like hell. He can't. He doesn't shoot. He doesn't shoot, but he knows his role. Uh, but right. it's finally paying dividends for him. Yeah, your he's role been is, in their system know, for oh, this many years now. I hope it would be he would be this good, but no, for, listen, a, the, the, he knows someone the role. Picked, for someone who was picked thirty overall eight years ago, so he's starting to have a really you know great career, and he might even get paid a little bit if he can uh, keep up this offensive rebounding. Yeah, let Steph and Clay shoot, and and even Jordan Poole sometimes, and just pick up the rebounds and get more man gets paid. Uh, yeah, that's exactly. Warman gets paid. That's that's perfect way of describing that. So we kind of went down through the first four, these four series. Now let's go into some of the next four series. And Johnson, what I'm going to ask you is, out of the next four that I list, what was maybe the most surprising that you saw out of those four series? And maybe what wasn't really surprising at the end of the day, if you want to go into that. But we'll see what how we, we structured that one. Uh, we so, have, go on. So the most uh, surprising out of these four, and I guess if you want to go into them, it would be the 76ers, Nets, Celtics, yep. Hawks, Nuggets, T-Wolves, and Suns, Clippers. So, so these are the four series we're talking about for those yep. that are uh, listening at home. Yep. If I had to pick the least surprising, it would be the 76ers sweeping the Nets. Yep. That's the least surprising. I called Nets in four. Um, I, you did call Sixers in four. I, I said they maybe. I'm sorry, Nets, Sixers in four. I thought that maybe the Sixers would lose one of those games, especially after a B got hurt. But, yeah, did not happen. Yeah, I just kind of figured that. They just don't have enough, ca- they don't have enough don't star, have star power. power. Yeah. I, I saw that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving kind of carried them through the first half of the season. Uh, the second half of the season, when they trade both of them, they went below 500. Yep. They weren't a good team. You had Spencer Din- Dinwiddie beefing with guys on Twitter, and Ben Simmons <sighs> was too scared to play. So I saw between all that nonsense, I was like, okay, 76 or something. That's an easy one. Yeah. The most surprising, I'm going to say, is the Hawks taking the Celtics to six games. Yeah, I, I would tend to that, agree. That was the most surprising to me. Uh, 
I, I thought that, you know, maybe they would win one game. Maybe they would get lucky and win one game. I didn't have any faith in the Hawks. I I, I they thought they were just going to roll over. They looked done in game five, and they were up down double digits with, I think, six minutes left. And they stormed their way back. At Steph, uh, I almost said Steph Curry because we were just talking about the Warriors. But Trey Young hit a Steph Curry-esque shot to win them that game in game five to save their season and send it to a game six, which ultimately they lost. But you got to give the Hawks credit. As much as I hate to say it, they took the Celtics to six. Didn't really think they would. I thought the Celtics would sweep them just based off of how good the Celtics are. But the Hawks, to their credit, they they took it. You know, they gave Boston a, a fight. Just at the end of the day, they just did not have enough, you know, oomph in them to win that series. Boston just advancing to move on to the second round. They'll take on the Philadelphia 76ers in that second round which they might not have Joel Embiid for that round. So that could be, you know, very catastrophic for Philadelphia going into that series. Um, the other two series, I wasn't really surprised about the Phoenix Suns. I kind of saw that Kawhi being out. Yeah, I, kinda, I, I, I said Suns at five even with, even with Kawhi healthy. I, I just yeah, did not. That's disrespectful. I, I th- Listen, the Paul George injury, I thought that was a huge injury for them. And then I Kawhi know, went but down. I figured with Kawhi you could get six games. That, that was my well, logic. Maybe I don't know, and then the the Nuggets being the Wolves, I, that's another one where I I'm not surprised. I'm you know you got to give the Timberwolves credit. At least they took one one game out of the series. Probably should have taken a couple. Anthony Edwards looks like a future superstar, though. Yeah, that's he positive. he was big in that series for them. I mean, that's uh, there's a bright spot for that team. It's definitely Anthony Edwards. So we'll have to see where Minnesota goes into next season. I would say trade Rudy Gobert. I know someone on that was here a couple weeks ago with us on the show. Would agree with me on that sentiment, but Johnson Shout out now. Next. Yep, yeah, I sure. <laughs> a lot of people agree with me though on that. Not a lot of people like Ryan, uh, Rudy Gobert. Um, but now Johnson, I think it's time to get into our favorite part of the show, which you, as you said earlier, wasn't bad for us in the first round. You know, obviously there was a couple where we got correct in the green, couple in the yellow where we got the team right, just didn't get the amount of games that it was right in. And I think the only series, realistically, most of us got wrong was the obviously the Milwaukee Bucks. No one really expected them to lose in the first round. So now, with that being said, it's time to make our picks for the second round of the postseason with the Mushing Hour. Obviously, two series have started already in the second round, the Knicks and the Miami Heat and the, and the Suns and the Nuggets. But we're still going to pick those series and decide who we're going to win at the end of the day. Let's start it off with... Our New York Knicks against the Miami Heat. The Heat won game one today. They are one nothing in this series. Who do you have ultimately winning this one? Uh, so this is going to be contingent on two things. And I said, always said it was going to be Knicks and seven. So I haven't really strayed from that. I said um, a week ago it was going to be Knicks and seven. So I'm yep. still going to stick with that no matter what happened today. Uh, my logic is Julius Randle should be coming back uh, soon. He practiced, had full practice yesterday. Didn't play today. It was game time decision. Uh, Quentin Grimes is finally back in the rotation. He's coming off the bench as he uh, just heals up a little bit more. And we don't know the status on Jimmy Butler yet. So yep. I'm assuming if it is not a bad sprain, they are going to pump him full with any kind of pain medication or pain tolerance med- medication he can get his hands on. So he will play those games if it's not broken. With that being said, he will still have to be kind of ginger on that ankle because we don't know the full severity yet. And we probably won't know until... Uh, Tuesday night, if I'm being honest with you. That's when game two is. 
Hmm. Uh, so I'm banking on Julius Randle coming back, the Knicks winning game two, losing game three in Miami, and then winning game four eventually. Uh, so they eventually tie it up at 2-2, then it goes to pivotal game five in the Garden with Knicks win, go back to Miami, they lose, and Knicks win the game seven at home. That's my prediction. I think another thing that's contingent on this series, and we saw it a lot in this game, it was very frustrating as a Knicks fan to watch it. They could not Movie shoot screens. the basketball. I, well, not even that. I was just going to say, they couldn't shoot the basketball today. It was oh, a really, absolutely horrific. A really, really bad performance overall shooting from the three-point line. Jalen Brunson even said it. He has to fix himself after that game. He was 0 for 7 from the three-point line. you yeah. got to believe throughout the rest of the series, he's going to fix that. He's going to yeah. be better. Hold on. Than what he I did. know Jalen Brunson said it was on him. Jalen played a phenomenal game today outside of shooting. Even though he went 0 of 7 from 3, he still almost shot 50% from the field right. uh, with, I think, 6 or 7 assists. So, right. Jalen, you had like 25 and 7 on almost 50%. I realize you kind of turned the ball over a couple times. Definitely, I, I, none of the guys are a problem tonight. I, I was, they all played a really good game, but just couldn't shoot. It wasn't like, oh my God. You, you, you can't pin it on one of these guys. It's, as a collective unit, you all couldn't shoot tonight. You have I, those nights. I made the joke as if that it was like a regular game of NBA 2K where you really were having trouble shooting from the outside. So you said, screw it. I'm just going to go inside the paint and just get points like that. And, and at one point it was working for the Knicks, but by the time the game got into the later stages of the game, unfortunately it just wasn't working. They were trying to shoot some threes to compensate for it. Just wasn't falling for them. But you have to believe that hopefully they get those shots to find they fall down. Obi Toppin, as you said, was the only really listed Nick that was getting those shots to fall for him. And if they get Randall back, that would definitely help a lot too. And Jimmy Butler's status for the series for the series is also very contingent because if Butler goes down, I'm not much, I'm not really sure how much the Heat have a chance in the series without him. I'm going to agree with you, and I, I really don't want to mush the Knicks, but I think they win this one in seven games and move on to the Easter Conference Finals. Hey, we we, we picked pick Knicks in six, Knicks in seven last time. So yep. Uh, listen, let's good vibes only. Yeah, that's that's true. Let's see what happens. Game two is on Tuesday. Hopefully, a better performance from them on Tuesday against Miami as they try to tie that series. Next series in the Easter Conference is the Philadelphia 76ers and the Boston Celtics. That is an interesting series because we don't know the status of Joel Embiid. He might be out for that series. And if that happens, Johnson, I'm not much, I'm not really sure how much this, the Sixers have a chance in that series against Boston. Uh, I'll give you my take. Joel Embiid will sit the first two games in Boston. They'll go down 0-2. Joel Embiid will come back to a heroic Philly welcome, uh, playing limited minutes in game three. And they will rally around Joel Embiid to win one, maybe two games. And the Celtics win in six, or they get a gentleman and win in five. But I'm going to go officially on the record Celtics in six. I'll give Philadelphia the benefit of the doubt, saying that maybe Embiid gets one game where he's healthy. I I don't tend to disagree with that. I think you'll have, you, you're definitely going to see Embiid, Embiid at some point in this series just because if Philly goes down 0-2, you need your, your star player to be at some point. I know you don't want to injure him for, you know, for further damage, we obviously know his previous history with injury, so you really don't want to screw up anything. But you have to believe that how much time left do the Sixers have for this window with this team? It, so, you got to believe it's starting to dwindle down. So this is my take, too. Yeah. The Philadelphia starting five is better than the Boston starting five. That is my take. But okay, 
the Boston Celtics bench blows the Philadelphia 76ers bench out of the water. Not right. even close. So if you can take a game on the backs of your starters where they all play 40-plus minutes a night, you're going to win a, ser- a game or two. Other than that, don't even bother showing up. Um, I'm going to take the Celtics to win this one in seven. I think at the end of the day, we saw the Hawks take them to the limit, and they were able to force six games out of them. If they're able to do it, I think the Sixers can also force some games, especially without Embiid. Um, and I think he'll be back at some point in the series, and Boston, at the end of the day, will have a electric atmosphere for game seven, and they'll be able to move on to the Easter Conference Finals. All right, Nick, I like that. So let me go into the uh, the next series, which already started. Phoenix Suns versus the Denver Nuggets. Uh, big Denver game one. One nothing earlier. Early yeah, on. big game one. Uh, Nuggets won that on Saturday night. And, I mean, this is going to sound really bad because you, I really want to like Chris Paul. Yeah. I really do, but... The actions he's having late in the game when Jamal Murray is having a fantastic game, scored 34 points in that win. And you almost think he's kind of intentionally trying to injure Jamal Murray that late in the game, the way he's acting, the way he's playing. To me, it's not... Uh, I don't know. I'm not Chris, Paul's become, Chris Paul, I think, is becoming a sore loser. I would. He was uh, always that annoying pest. Like he was always like, "Oh, he's got his jersey untucked." He was always that textbook rule guy. But over the last couple seasons, as he's getting older, and he doesn't have a ring, he's becoming a sore loser. I tried to watch as much as that game one as I could, but with the Ranger game being on at the exact same time, it was very tough for me to watch that game. Um, all okay. I know is that Jamal Murray did have a really good game one for that Denver Nuggets team. If he continues to do that, Denver has a really good chance to win the series and move on. The issue is, Johnson, I picked Phoenix to move on to the NBA Finals and lose in the NBA Finals. I can't really defer away from my pick. I'm going to take the Suns in six. I'm taking Phoenix in six. All right. Yep. I'm, I mean, I'm taking Nuggets in six. That's I'm going to take the Nuggets in six. All right. I think that I think they're finally for real this team. Uh their bench is a little bit less than it's, desired. They're, they're kind of relying on Phoenix ancient bench, though. I mean, That's they're kind the of relying on ancient Jeff Green, and I mean Bruce Brown is a good bench piece, but he's you don't want him to be your, your six man. You you have Christian Braun, which is he'll play spot minutes. He went to Kansas. He's I think he's a rookie or he's a second year guy. Hmm. Uh, and Reggie Jackson out of rotation didn't play at all. Right. A guy that they were expecting was going to bring big things to them out of rotation. Played three minutes in uh, that Phoenix game and four minutes against Minnesota. Just getting really burned time. So unless someone goes down, they really don't trust them. Yeah, I mean, listen, I've said a, a lot that the only thing that would really kill the Suns is their bench right now. And you kind of saw it in game one. And obviously Jamal Murray had a great game for the Denver Nuggets. Jokic did his thing with 24-19. Um, I'm banking up the fact that the Suns do have Kevin Durant, and they have Booker and Paul and Aiden. You gotta believe that they're gonna take a big step, especially now being down one nothing in the series, to get Phoenix back to the point where they were a couple years ago in the NBA Finals. I think they can ride the ship, get things going, and I think they can move on to the Western Conference Finals to take on either the Golden State Warriors or the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, and I guess we'll find out. So the final series we have. 
is a rematch of well, not really a rematch, but uh, going well, back to anyone. Sake. Yeah, going back to anyone who watched the NBA between the years of 2015 to really 2019, LeBron James versus the Golden State Warriors, just with a different iteration of his cast. Uh, sometimes it had Kyrie and Kevin Love. Now he's got Anthony Davis and uh, let's call him AD and Friends. How's that sound? AD and Friends. So who do you got for the series, Shots? I know how much you're looking so much forward to this one. Uh, So... My evolution was I couldn't stand Steph Curry. Uh, right. I couldn't stand him. I couldn't stand Clay Thompson. I, I didn't like the way they were LeBron changing. James more. Correct. That is, you hit the nail right on the head. And I hate Draymond Green more than anyone in the league, but give me Golden State in seven. Okay. Um, I'm going to take the Lakers in six. I think... I just like what this team's doing right now. If AD stays healthy, like I said in the first round series, I think they've got a lot of things going perfectly for them. Their bench look is really, really solid. I like the additions they moved, they did at the deadline. And I'm just not sure if Golden State can keep up with the Lakers' overall team. I think on paper, you have to think as a whole unit, maybe the Lakers are a little bit better. Obviously, the Warriors have... Steph Curry, Thompson, and now if Kevon Looney continues the way he played, that's great. Draymond Green, Jordan Poole. But I think with the, the additions the Lakers have made, it's been made them a better team. And I think they can continue to make that consistent and overall win this series. I think they just need to have someone step up other than AD and LeBron. If it's a guy like De- D'Angelo Russell, maybe Austin Reeves can t- continue You know his – Hot stretch for the Lakers in this postseason. I think at the end of the day, I think the Lakers are a slightly better team than Golden State, and I think they can move on to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, listen, I this would be nightmare fuel to see LeBron in the finals for me again, but it also be it also be nightmare fuel to see Steph Curry in the finals for me. So, uh, Denver, please save us. <laughs> Denver, if, uh, on on behalf of NBA fans, I don't want Steph, LeBron, or KD in the NBA Finals. Denver, please save us. Yeah, I mean, right now we've got Denver. You've got Denver and, and Golden State. I have Phoenix and the Lakers. I mean, that that'd be interesting with KD and LeBron in the Western Conference Finals. That's kind of uh, has been done in the playoff series, probably in. Uh, I mean, since the NBA Finals when when Ke- Durant won his first championship. Yeah, it's, it hasn't been done in a while, but yep. uh would be interesting. I mean, I think it overall be interesting to see how this series go on. Um, obviously, we'll see the Warriors and Lakers. I believe they play on Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken, since that Game 7 was today. I believe Game 1 between Boston and Philadelphia is tomorrow, if I'm that not mistaken. That is also correct. So we'll have to see how these series overall play out. But if it's anything like the first round of the postseason, it should be a fun one. And determining who goes to the conference finals and gets one step closer to winning the NBA championship, We'll have to see how it all plays out as the NBA playoffs continue to be really exciting times. But that is going to do it for the All Gas No Break Sports Show. We are one round through in the NBA playoffs. Just a couple more to go in determining who is this year's NBA champion and seeing who can win that NBA crown. Once again, this is Nicholas Bavona joined alongside by Andrew Johnson with the All Gas No Break Sports Show.